She wasn't drunk. She wasn't wearing anything provocative. She wasn't being a smartass. She wasn't walking around at odd hours. She merely went to collect a package at the post office during the day. But she was still raped and killed. Uye Nene, Anin, Karabo, Riva. So many names. Crimes against women in South Africa has become an uncontrollable vicious cycle where women and children are sexually assaulted and murdered with little to no justice for the ones that are left behind to pick up the pieces. We as a country must find a solution to the crime that is currently out of control. I've invited Mara Glennie, the founder of the Tears Foundation, to chat to us about the crisis and what her incredible foundation does. Mara, thank you for joining me today on the Good Things Guy Jackpod. Our news feeds this week alone have just been absolutely horrendous. It's left the country in a wake of devastation where we are soul searching to find out how we got here. It's um, a conversation that's being had at the water coolers, the dinner tables, newspapers. Everybody's speaking about the crisis that South Africa has found themselves in. You are light in this darkness. You founded the Tears Foundation many years back. I want to get into that. I want to understand what Tears does and what your foundation is about. So welcome to the show. Thank you and hello listeners. It's good to have you here. What is the Tears Foundation? Well, it was founded out from a place of grief, which we are as a country in today. My grief was because I'd been so badly abused it nearly cost me my life. I was bedridden for a number of months and I couldn't walk. And when I'd gone to the police to report my case, I'd been turned away. So I unfortunately went through all the journey that people who've been abused or raped go through of self-hate and self-destruct. But when I came through that... I decided that I would try and set up something so that no other woman would ever not know where to get help. And I founded Tears, and that's why I founded my helpline. How long ago was that? It was in 1981. Um, All right, so your foundation has been, been running for many, many years, and I'm sure in that time you've helped many, many women. What are some of the services that you offer? Well, just to, as a matter of interest, in the last six months, we helped 60,000 women on a helpline service. They were not all face-to-face calls, so they were all calls that were made to our phone line. And so, sorry, I need to take a step back. In the last six months, you have helped 60,000 women who have phoned on the helpline. I cannot believe that 60,000 women needed help. That That is, it's debilitating. That number is huge. And that number is only the people that actually reached out, correct? Correct. And if you dial that number for free, it gives you the three nearest places to you. So those are not the people we've helped go for counseling or interceded on their cases. Um, yes, because it's the problem. And the diff- thing is, it's it's private. Nobody else has to see that you've called them. It gives you places you can go to when you've left your place of abuse. And honestly, sometimes places of abuse are your workplace. They're not always just home. Although the majority of abuse does happen in the home, abuse happens everywhere. And so a person can privately find out where he, and I'm going to say he or she, because I do have men that are abused, and it's not about men or women. This is about abuse. And so, yes, they've reached out to us 
and we have then sent them three places. We also are in a partnership with Namola. For those of you who know about Namola, you can look it up on the web, but um, it is a smart app. So our free service, which is on a phone that doesn't need a smartphone, uh, will also link you to Namola. Yeah, Namola is an incredible app. Uh, we featured them a couple of times on Good Things Guy. It is something that is freely available to download onto a smartphone. It gives you a tracking service so that you can track family when they're driving places uh, to let them know where they are, where, where they're going. It also has emergency buttons. So in an emergency, you can push almost like a panic button on your phone and you can let, uh, they have a call center as well that assists you in that time. And we've we featured the most beautiful stories of um, tragedy where there's been these tragic moments but the Nimola app is is available to assist people and get them to the other side safely whatever those those circumstances are I think the work that you're doing is absolutely incredible you've been going since 1981 how have you kept your head above the water and not broken down when you're working in the space where you continuously see so much trauma that is a very good question because uh, new people coming into the industry are actually often overwhelmed. But my guiding light is the starfish principle. So I don't look at the largeness. I look at the starfish principle. If I can help one person and save their lives, and I have life-saving stories to tell, then that's what I focus on. I don't face the enormity because as we've seen this week suddenly the veil has been lifted and the enormity has been shown so truthfully the situation has not changed but we've just become more aware of it and so I followed the starfish principle but in addition I know that the key words for people are I want to help you I will help you wow we speak about the veil that's been lifted and and this week it definitely has come to the forefront. Why do you think that is? What was the tipping point? I think the tipping point was the South African woman movement that's got a million viewers or members on their thing, where they just said, up to here and no more. They got hat fall and I take my hat off to them and I'm helping where I can and I hope everybody listening will help them and me to meet the scourge. And they just said no more. That's seen a nationwide protests, standing with banners. People have collectively said, I won't put up with this anymore. It's been a difficult time and uh, Women's Month was August. August was Women's Month. And we started off Women's Month with Megan down in Cape Town. And then we all had this hope and we were watching on social media as people were following her car, where, where her car was going. And we all had this hope that she would come out the other side and uh, it would be okay. And then she didn't. And the country mourned and we were upset and then we woke up the next day and there was another story of another woman or another man and another murder. And it's, it's just, it's like we're in a sea of tragedy where the waves just keep hitting us. I created that petition, which, which you thankfully have signed. And there's, uh, I don't know, today there's 170,000 people that have signed it. But um, the reason I did that is because I felt so helpless as a human. And I feel like if we can all stand up and look at something like the starfish approach, where we can just help one thing and change one thing and try and make a difference in our own right just one way, that difference will have echo into other people's lives and, and start to change as well. You speak about life-saving stories. Could you share one with us? 
Of course I can. Um, I had an amazing experience, um, which as I'm in a broadcast place, I feel to share with you. I was getting ready to go on to a TV program and I was sitting with a makeup artist in her office in Hyde Park or her little room in Hyde Park. And I started bragging about the Namola aspect of my service because although we have a very difficult topic, I'm making a difference and I'm proud of the achievements we've had. So I took out a batch of flyers, which are, ladies and gentlemen who are listening, I've just done as I've walked into the I've got, studio. I've got a, a, I'm going to be walking around the, the jackpot studio handing these out to everybody. So that's what I do because really I want everybody who possibly can get my help. I'm not in competition with anybody. I want to help you. So I was giving her my spiel and proudly bragging and telling her about my journey from a very bad situation where I couldn't walk, where I was desperate, wanting to kill myself, tried to kill myself, to here I am, actually proudly able to say to all of you today, this is the most rewarding job I have ever done. I have a master's degree in business, and I can tell you working in business has never, ever been as fulfilling as the job I do now. Every day I can make a difference in someone's life. What a privilege. Anyway, back to my story. I'd given her my flyer, and I was bragging, and she sort of, um, I thought to herself, well, I'm not rich or famous. I'm just creating awareness for my product, and I'm telling her. And I guess she has lots of rich and famous people sitting in the seat, and they all have their story. So the very next day she called me and she said, I've got a friend who's in an abusive, life-threatening situation. What should I do? I said, follow the links on my app to Namola. And I called her back about 20 minutes later to say, can I help you in any way? Um, because she told me she was getting into her car and driving to her friend to help her. And her friend was five hours away. By the time I called her back, literally, as I said, in 20 minutes, she said, Namola have responded and someone's been to help her. Oh my gosh. I've got goosebumps. That's, I mean, that's life changing. You saved and, and you do this on a daily basis, but that was just through conversation, the universe putting you in the right time, in the right space. You saved a person's life. Yes, well, actually, the, the, everybody was part of that because I think that's what this message is about. It wasn't me alone. It wasn't the lady who referred the number to her friend from my flyer. It wasn't Namola that called her back. It wasn't the uh, rescue people that fetches. It was all of us. So that's our message for South Africa. Together we can all make a difference. So that's what I say. Please read my number. Reach out. If you see someone getting abused, Call me, I can tell you what to do. Because did you know that you are allowed to lay a charge in the police station if you see a child being abused? The fact that the police are quite often unwilling to take your charge doesn't mean that you're not allowed to do it. And so we should speak out. It's our duty to help one another. I think that's a beautiful message and it, it rings true to what uh, Tuli Madonsela tweeted earlier this week where she basically said we're in this together and the only way we get through this is together. We have to help each other rise together and that is our job in South Africa. I want to give out this um, the free SMS helpline which is on your flyer. It's uh, star 134 star 7355 hash. So if you need help right now, this is a call to action star 134 star seven three five five hash it's a free sms helpline pass that on to someone who needs it if you need it use it right now uh, mara i must ask 
this foundation that you've had since 1981 and you're partnering with great people and you all work together beautifully, um, where does the funding come from? Because obviously it's a machine. Yes, it is my biggest problem, funding. Uh, so I don't know why it is. I think maybe people don't want to talk about abuse, but now that it is in the open, perhaps that will help. I also think the majority of the funding for organizations like ours, and we are many, I'm a member of a coalition, a coalition of 70 organizations who work with rape and abuse. It's called Shuka Misa. We help all aspects, child, men, whatever, and we're all across the country. And I think the majority of us are sitting with that same problem, that funding can't be accessed. So I bonded my house, and quite often um, my staff don't get paid their full stipend, I need to say, not salaries. Um, And that is very, very devastating. And I think part of the reason also is that people like good stories to tell on their annual year report, and we don't always... um, in a position to tell a happy story, although that's what we enable. We are able to be there for people who need the help. And so the difficulty is CSR doesn't always work for your bottom line, but people in our country are our bottom line, and CSR works for the people. So our problem is... We don't get funding. You don't get funding. Hopefully there's someone that's listening right now who uh, works for a company and they're looking to get involved and, and you can get that funding. I, I can't believe you bonded your house. That's passion. That's um, second bond. <laughs> that's passion. And you're not doing it for yourself or your ego. You are an incredibly modest person. Uh, what you do for this country is unbelievable. And to pay for that out of your own pockets, it's heartbreaking. Uh, but beautiful at the same time because you're giving it your all. And I want to thank you for that. You make a difference in the lives of South Africans. The types of services, uh, I just want to dig a little bit deeper into that. So if someone phones and they go, I'm in an abusive relationship, Uh, I need help, I need to get away, I need a lawyer to get divorced, I need a safe space, what sort of um, different options do you give someone? So um, when I first started Tears, I wanted that it would be as if I'm looking at you for the first time and I'm saying, where do I go for help? So that's where we start. If you phone us or send a mail to me, which is mara at tears.coza, M-A-R-A at tears.coza with your problem. We then have a look how it could help. And it doesn't matter whether you're a sex worker, a gay person or a lady living at home. We help everybody. We are not against anybody. We are against rape. We are against abuse. So what we would do is we'd look at your case. I get people phoning me with questions like, I went to the police station and they told me to go home and fix it up with my husband. Mm. That's devastating because they should be helping you. It's someone coming to the police with a cry for help and they're sending them back to the abuser. That, that doesn't make sense in the slightest. I'm afraid it's very common. So I will then call the sexual violence sector related to that police station or the area commander, and I I get them to have action. So the next kind of thing is, as you correctly said, that people have a protection order. So you have other problems with protection orders. There's incorrect information out there about protection order because you cannot get a protection order while you are living in the same house. 
who's going to be sharing the kitchen or the toilet or the bathroom. So you have to be in your own space. So people are given incorrect information and the protection order can't be served. Then the second problem with protection orders is that they have to be served and sometimes the police won't serve them. So I help people get their protection order serves and understand their rights. So I'm saying, ladies or gentlemen, if you're living with an abusive partner and you want to get a protection order against him or her, you have to leave your communal home. So that's the first challenge we always face because you asked about where do you get them to go? Yeah, it's, you know, 90% of South Africans do not have the expendable income to be able to walk out of an abusive situation and walk into a new apartment. It doesn't work that way. Very, very difficult. So we actually have getaway plan schedule that we give women who want to leave. Um, it is on our website, which is www.tears.coza. Because if you are going to leave an abusive relationship and your life is not in danger, I want to underline if your life is not in danger, and you've been in it for many years and it's very bad, he maybe hits you on a Friday, but you've put up with it for 20 years and now you don't want to do it anymore. Don't pack your bag and leave. Start preparing. Make sure you've got all your documents, your marriage certificate, your children's birth certificates, a little bit of money, pack a getaway bag. We've got a whole plan because if you leave in haste and it ends up in a situation where he doesn't want to reconcile or she and where you can't get help, you may not have access to that documents. So very interesting from that same station that I mentioned earlier, I had another lady phone me in to say, that she had a communal living situation with the partner. They had a child together. She'd sent her child to the homeland to her mum. She had a, quite a senior position. She didn't want people to know of the situation. They had a very, very nice duplex flat in Soweto and um, that he'd been threatening her and he'd broken the window above their stairs. And she'd gone to the police to report the matter and they had said, but he's fixed the window, take him back. And I called the commander. I mean, I've never. That's ridiculous. He's physically done something that has shown I can and will hurt you. And her peers and, and people that she's supposed to look up to are sending her back to that same space. That's exactly what happened. I was horrified. She didn't know what to do. She was in tears. She was at work. So my advice to her was... Ask one of your colleagues if you could sleep over because it was four o'clock in the afternoon and I couldn't mobilize the assistance that I need. And I did call the police station the next morning. She slept over at a colleague so she was safe because for me, it's not about the possessions. It's about the children and the woman's safety, um, which is why earlier I said, if you're in danger, flee. So just back to this case, I called the commander and I explained the situation so they went that day, evening, they went to the f apartment and the apartment was in a gated community. They escorted her out of the flat, the SAPS, waited while she, he collected whatever was his in the flat, made sure, gave them her phone number so they could, she could phone them if she was in trouble. And then they briefed the security guards not to let him in again. So not always the SAPS are bad. Sometimes they're absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, on Good Things Guy, we see it often. Um, there's always these stories of SAPS or JMPD or the police in South Africa doing good things. And we try to highlight that because you're 100% correct. You can't paint everybody with the same brush. And yes, the services in South Africa are sometimes lacking, but very much so sometimes they aren't. I have uh, made 
not friends, but I've become acquaintances with uh, the commissioner where I live, close to my house, the nearest police station. For that very reason, I want a relationship with my police station. And if I need help in any way, I've got them on my phone. I can phone the commander. One of the things you said is it takes a village, right? There's a whole bunch of people that come together to create help and to create a better South Africa. Something happened this week with all the tragedy and, and heartache and, and everybody speaking up. A restaurant in Cape Town called The Raptor Room put out a statement on their social media and within a couple of minutes, other restaurants around the country started doing the same. And I think it's just so beautiful to see ordinary people, ordinary businesses doing extraordinary things. So I'm going to read you what they said and I'd like to hear your take on this. It is with a sore heart that we type this post. It's with a sore heart that we get up in the morning and come to work. It's with a sore heart that we look at our friends and families mourning. Women and children of which some of us have never even met. Our hearts are broken for all the women and children in this country that has been made to feel like less, like nothing. As a business that is owned by women and staffed by 80% women, our hearts are broken. And we are angry, angry for all of the angels who will not see tomorrow because a man thought of her so little, he took her light away. To all those that survived that are living with this trigger, we send you love. To those who lost someone they loved, we send you light. To those that are struggling to keep their light, we send you strength. We do not tolerate this. We do not stand for this. We want to take this opportunity to say, if you are ever walking in the street close to us and you feel unsafe, just come inside. You don't need to buy anything. If you are here and you need to walk to your car alone, ask us and we will walk with you to make sure you are safe. If you are ever in our space and you don't feel safe, please tell us. We are tired, but we are strong and we will fight. I totally love that. And restaurants around the country are all um, saying the same thing. It's, it's become a movement that is being called hashtag come in. And restaurants around the country are saying this is a safe space. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to give us a credit card. You walk in, you say, I'm not feeling safe. Please let me wait inside for my Uber. Please phone my family. Please walk me to my car. Um, there's even a restaurant in Joburg that has said they're going to get stickers made so that they can put it on their door to say, come in. Um, and I think that's beautiful. I love that. We need to be an all-inclusive society because I was listening to a talk a day or two ago that said when you, as a woman, when you go out to your car in a parking lot and you see three men at a car, does it make you feel safe? That's the question because it doesn't make you feel safe. And so this movement will make you feel safe. Thank you so much, everyone who's participating. And anyone who's listening who isn't participating, come on, we want you. Get on board. I mean, this is again what I love about you, Mara. You're not even a part of it. You've literally just heard about it. And there's no competition. It's everybody together uh, to get through this together. I want to thank you for sharing your story and your foundation with us today. I hope that there's um, people out there who need help. They now have a little bit of a light and they have a way to get to you and, and get the help. And I also ho hope that someone listening uh, who might be able to convince their company to get involved and to throw money at your way. I think, I think we need this. Our country needs this. We're in a, a space where we need to heal and we need to be kind and we need to be holding each other's hands to get through this. 
Indeed we do. Someone asked me yesterday, what we, do we need? I, and I, my answer was, as it is now, we need a change of hearts. We need a change of hearts. If you want to get involved or if you want to get more information or if you need help, please visit www.tears.co.za or free SMS helpline is star 134 star 7355 hash. Mara, it's been great having you on the show. I wish you only good things for you and for everybody that's doing great things in this country. Thank you for having me. I'm Brendan DeCue, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy, and you've been listening to Good Things Guy, a Jackpot podcast. For more episodes or to subscribe, rate, or review my podcast, go to iTunes, Iona FM, or Google Podcasts. Be kinder than necessary to yourself and each other. Thanks, and only good things.